Welcome to the Bill Spadia Show on demand. Don't forget to subscribe and follow this show so you'll never miss a minute. Bill Spadia is compensated for commercial and nonprofit appearances. 609 on New Jersey 101.5. Good morning. I am Bill Spadia with you till 10 o'clock this morning. Talking Jersey, taking your calls, 1 800 283 101.5. I want to thank Bed Parks Casino and Sportsbook app for sponsoring New Jersey Chime Time every morning, every hour on the show. Dan, spring was here at least this morning. <laughs> yeah, yesterday too. Right? Did you get a chance to get outside? Yeah, and enjoy? We, well, we had, uh, we had four events yesterday. Only I, four? I ended up in. Um, Hamburg. It was in uh, right near Vernon in way Sussex County, okay. way up there. Yeah. So it it rained on my walk into the event. Uh huh. A uh, little spitting maybe on my walk out, but you could tell the temperature had had certainly risen. Yes. Oh, it's it's warm. Yesterday, the the hot spot parts of Burlington, Ocean, and Atlantic counties hit sixty nine degrees. Wow. Warmest hot. day of the year so far. So what what's happening though? Don't get too comfortable. Exactly. Today's a big day of change. Our weather's going to turn very active, so don't be surprised by that. Um, it's going to be warm. Fifties this morning feels yeah. kind of weird to be fifties oh, really in the weird. morning. Yeah. Uh, and we'll see sixties today, but with occasional rain showers during the day. The time to really watch is going to be this evening. We could have some heavy rain and thunderstorms and gusty winds blowing okay. in and then temperatures are just going to plummet tonight. I think this is the sharpest cold front we've seen all season, like the most dramatic yeah. cool down of the entire winter season because by this time tomorrow, I mean we're talking 20s instead of really? 50s. It's going to get cold. So again. any freezing icy patches, I mean it's wet out. Yeah, the wind will help evaporate a lot of that rain as temperatures drop. Right. Still, you know, black ice is always a concern in yeah. one of these you know, situations where we're below freezing for a couple hours. So we'll, we'll be watching for that tomorrow morning. Okay. There's also a chance for a snow shower or squall tomorrow with blustery conditions. No accumulation, but maybe some visibility concerns. Got it. Maybe conversational. Uh, perhaps. It could put a dusting on the ground yeah. if they really get going, but don't don't expect much. It's uh, just a little Anything nuisance. for the weekend? It's it's Wednesday. Right? It is Wednesday. Um, weekend, temperatures moderate into the 50s. We're going to see some rain early on hmm. Saturday. Otherwise, uh, should be smooth sailing. First weekend of March. How about First that? First weekend of March. Wow. <laughs> Year went fast. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Dan. You got it. Eric, yeah, I can't believe it. It's March already. I so wanted to take the walls down on the tiki bar yesterday. I was going to say, what'd you do? Did you, uh, <laughs> no, you I had didn't. to have grilled. Uh, I did. I made pork chops last night. Yeah, nice, um, nice. It was just a. It was a. It was nice to walk outside with the dogs. Of course, you know the yard is turning into a muddy mess, but it was just nice to be outside. The dogs just lounged on uh, the deck while I was getting ready to make dinner. I left the the back patio door open, and the dogs were just laying in the sunshine. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it was it was surprising how it felt yesterday. Right? I, I, it just, you know, I, I probably should have brought an umbrella with me uh, because it did it did rain on us going in in and out of the last event. But but yeah, it was it was bizarre. It felt bizarre. I I love the transition of the seasons, and you do get four real seasons in New That's Jersey. Why we love Jersey? Yep. Yeah, I, you get four and, seasons, and it's. You know, I, I'm looking forward to um, doing yard work again. I want to get, you know, the the outdoor spaces all set up and ready to go. And I know it's too early to do that. We typically don't do that yeah. until April. When do you start? Middle of April or early April? Um, we usually go away right after uh, the tax deadline. So we go away yeah. in mid-April. I try to have at least 
the basics done, like the walls and the roof off the tiki bar and the yeah. outdoor kitchen opened up and stuff like that by the time we leave. So, you know, it, that'll happen probably the first, maybe the first, possibly the second weekend in April. Yeah, yeah I, um, I don't know. I'm ready. I think I'm, I'm ready for the spring and summer. I mean, I can remember we've had stuff done because we've we've spent some Easter's outside. Now Easter's early this year, so that's a little bit. Yeah, Easter is uh, last weekend of March. Right? Yeah, is it? Yep. I think it's a March date. It is a March Am date right? this year. Yeah, yep. It is a March God, date this year. Easter already. I'm not I know, ready right? for Easter. What are you talking about? Wait a minute. No, I am definitely not ready. I feel like the uh, the days are blending because of how many events we're doing, but. The uh, but the year is flying. I mean, the fact that February is almost over, even with the leap year, the 29th, right? Third tomorrow yeah. is the yeah. today's yeah. 28th. Yep. Weren't you hoping that it was going to slow down a little bit? Because we talked all of last year that last year just sped by like summer. Do you remember anything from summer? No, summer it was, was over it was in a week, a blink, right? Yeah. I mean, it just went boom, it was, and then it was done. Um, is, is it just a function of age, or is it also the fact that we're so busy? I think it's the fact that you're so busy. I mean, and it's and because uh, I I see that too is you know that we're we're busier than you know I think we've ever we've ever been. It feels it with all um, the so many things with going the on. stuff going on. Yeah, I mean, and, your and different it's, clients and everything you're doing. I mean, you're running around too. So it's it's yeah, it feels busy. So I feel like the 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 uh, the years go by faster, perhaps when you're older, but the weeks are like oh, I don't know. It's a whirlwind. Someday, yeah. I mean, there are some days we're here and it feels like, oh, God, it's only Tuesday. Well, yes, you feel that. But, you, I mean, the time <laughs> accelerates definitely for the weekend. I mean, I, and Sunday nights, um, you know, we tend to eat a little earlier because I hate that pressure of having to go to bed on a, <laughs> on a Sunday. It's, for those of us that get up that early, it really is awful. It's why I take the Mondays off in the summertime. I so. love that you do that. I, I want to adjust my schedule. I, I told you, I worked for a guy when I when I worked for Jim Weikert and uh, Weikert Realtors. What a great experience, time, great family of companies. Uh, and years I was there, but I'll never forget my first couple of years in, one of the senior VPs retired. And he was the guy that brought me in and, and hired me. And his name was Philip Waddington. And he, at his retirement speech... He, his big line that I've never forgotten, he said, no more Sunday nights. Yeah. I'm like, wow, yeah. Yeah. there's a goal, right? Yeah, no more Goals. Sunday nights. Yeah, it, Sunday it, night. It, it is because it, um, and you need that break, right? I mean, with the with the frenetic yeah. pace that you keep up, and I'm not as busy as you, but I, I mean, I'm busier than most. Yeah. But I, you know, you get that frenetic pace and you, you get to a Friday night and we're like, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to go out on Friday night? And lately it's been like, no, I don't want to go out on Friday night. I, <laughs> I like to just I'll relax. make dinner, we'll order in, let's open a bottle of wine and let's just, yeah. you know, exhale. I'd rather have a couple of people to the house or nobody. Just, you know, just right. sit and have a, yeah. a cocktail and read a book or something like that for a little while yeah. just to unplug. It's harder and harder to do that. Yeah, so that's a question for you. Um no more Sunday nights. Do you have a job that uh, you dread Sunday night because of Monday? Uh, and has the warm weather impacted your plans, your weekend plans, your getaway plans? Are you looking around saying, you know what? It's time to start planning spring break. What are you What are you doing with this warmer weather? And uh, are you ready for the summer? 1-800-283-101.5 is the number. 617 is the time. Traffic and weather next.
623 on New Jersey 101.5. Good morning. I am Bill Spadia with you at 10 o'clock this morning. Talk of Jersey. Taking your calls. 1-800-283-101.5. So I uh, made a conscious decision last night. We uh, want to thank um, my friend Joe LaBarbera, uh, who's the Republican chairman in um, in Sussex County. And, uh, and the great staff at... Uh, the, if you've not been to the Crystal Resort in in Sussex County, what a fantastic place! What a great place to do an event! What a um, it's just a what a cool place! Uh, it was kind of a nasty night too, but uh, we had the first of our um, listening tour events. So it's Crystal Springs Resort in Hamburg. Great. Golfing, it's a spa, it's uh, it's a it's known as a culinary resort. Uh, you definitely want to get there. Twelve restaurants, cool place. Anyway, we um, we were there because I'm now doing I'm doing two things. Number one, we're doing a uh, small business Main Street focus, which is going to be. Uh, we may turn this into Main Street Mondays, but right now we're doing Saturdays, Main Street Saturdays, where each Saturday will be in a local community highlighting the small businesses there. And the second thing is a listening tour where we're meeting with local stakeholders, mayors, council members, commissioners. So I want to thank everyone who turned out to our small group conversation event last night. Uh, it was uh, it was a couple hours of talking through, uh, enjoying some food, some company, and talking through what we need to do to turn this state around. And the way I look at it is every part of the state has some unique challenges. However, we are all, I mean, literally, you go from Cape May County to Monmouth County to Ocean County to Mercer to Sussex, Warren, Hunterdon, Bergen, Passaic, Middlesex, Hudson, Union. Most of what we're dealing with is actually the same. I have heard literally from Jersey City to Hamburg to Vineland the problem and the obstacles put up by our own state government, in particular the Department of Environmental Protection. So that's that's a place where we're going to need major change. And I thought this morning, you know, what we ought to do is I I wanted you to – I'm going to post this to our website so you can see the businesses that we've been at and start talking about the ideas that we need to implement to change this state. And what I'm not going to do is talk about the absurdity of the governor's budget address yesterday. I I noticed the two Republican candidates for governor, Jack Cittarelli and John Bramnick, um, both tweeted and and tried to sound intelligent, criticizing the budget, etc. But we all know they've been a part of the spending and the borrowing and the intrusive government um, during their time in our legislature. I mean, Bramnick's still in. So it's a little bit hollow to hear these two guys criticize the governor when they have been a part of the exact same problem over the past, you know, I don't know, 10, 20, 30 years in this state. So I'm not going to talk about it because I'm not going to insult your intelligence that we have to dig into the nuances. You know what the bottom line is? Our government spends too much, borrows too much, Taxes too much. 
and gets involved too much in our lives. But let me ask you this. What's the number one thing that you want to see change in the Garden State so that you can comfortably stay here, start your business, raise your family, and maybe even retire? 1-800-283-101.5 is the number. 627 is the time. Eric Scott with your news in two and a half minutes. Six thirty-seven on New Jersey, one hundred one point five. Good morning. I am Bill Spadia with you at ten o'clock this morning. Talking Jersey, taking your calls. One eight hundred two eight three one hundred one point five. So um, I want to thank uh, the great folks at Crystal Springs Resort in Hamburg. We had a great stop. It was our first on our listening tour uh, around the state. We chose Sussex County because. Um, you know, some people perceive Sussex as so out of the way. And, and I will tell you, Eric, you and I were talking about it. It is a different part of the state. It is. Mountainous mm-hmm. and more remote. But I love it. I love it. It shows the diversity of this state where you can have this place that looks like, I mean, it reads like a Vermont or or New Hampshire or a Western Massachusetts more than a what you would expect in New Jersey. There's a whole different feel um, in the those parts of Sussex and and Warren County, and you know it. You really can go skiing um, in Northwest Jersey, and <laughs> then you know surfing at the shore. Um, you know it's pretty amazing, but it it is life is slower there. You know, uh, I would agree. When you when yeah. you get out and you walk a main street or you go into a local business, you know the people actually take the time to stop and talk and have conversations, and you know you can linger over coffee in a diner and stuff like that. That you yeah. just you don't feel the rush that you do in many other parts of the state. And there's, I mean, there's other pockets like that too. I mean, you get down into Southern Gloucester, <clears throat> even parts of Camden, um, Salem County, Cumberland County. I mean, though, there's. It's again. That's a different part of the state. It really is. So we, uh, I, I find it. We're going to do uh, the same listening tour. We're going to go to Cumberland County and start talking to some of the farmers that have been mm-hmm. impacted. And uh, what I'm finding is everyone has an idea of what to do to change the state. And I, I've made it a point not to talk about the governor's budget. I think it's just, I mean, fifty six billion now, up from fifty three billion. It just gets higher every year. I'm writing an analysis piece now. I'll have it published um, oh, I'll later share this morning. Uh, but you're looking at 56% increase in spending since Murphy took to office. Wow. He has increased spending almost as much as the total spending in Chris Christie's last budget. Wow. Christie's got to be looking at this saying, told you so. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you yeah, guys didn't I mean, listen. It is when, when you actually yeah. look at the numbers, and it's not a judgment piece on whether, you know, the policies no, are good analysis. or bad, but it's an analysis of the numbers. And, you know, it is, I even had some Democrats say to me yesterday, they were blindsided by yeah. how much was in this budget um, and have said it's unsustainable. This budget spends six billion dollars more than the state is taking in 
I mean, and they just do it. They just do it. It's yeah. like they're writing blank checks. So just, You're right not you to talk about it and, and whatever, but it's, you know, I'll let yeah. you know when well, I have that I will, I, I just, I, I, you know, it's, to me, you know, everyone knows where I stand. It's outrageous. It's too high. I mean, and, and we're not getting, we're not getting the return on investment. That, that to me, and that's the next analysis. So I'm going to encourage you to read Eric Scott's analysis. But look, we're spending more than a billion dollars in education in Newark, and most of the kids can't read or do math at grade level. So you tell me if you're getting a return on your investment. We're spending more than most states on our transportation issues, yet we have 486 bridges that are in such disrepair, they are considered structurally deficient by the federal government. I mean, what's happening? You've got John Bramnick running for governor who is happy about the surcharge in the corporate business tax that will keep us at as the highest business tax in the nation. And you may say, well, your small mom and pop shop benefits more from the NJ bait uh, tax structure. And you would be right about that. But consider the employers who have 100 employees, 200 employees, 300, where you, your parents, your siblings, your friends all work. You don't want them moving out to Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Delaware. A, it's either going to jump your commute through the roof or B, you're going to have to consider moving. We can fix it. And no, Senator Bramnick, the answer is not more taxes. No, Jack Cittarelli, the answer is not to just throw out some talking points and tell people that the reason you lost last time is your campaign was too white. No, that's that's not what the state needs. What the state needs is true practical common sense solutions that's why we're doing this listening tour we're going to get a lot of that feedback from you but we've already written extensively about some of the solutions that need to happen and yes by the way to all my police officer friends out there yes there's money in the budget if we prioritize to reinstate a cost of living adjustment for our cops it can happen it should happen it will happen Let's go to Dominic in Collingswood. Morning, Dominic. Good morning, Bill. Um, so something that I think change in the Garden State, it's actually pretty simple and straightforward, is uh, just some more focus on, on civics. Um, I'm a young lawyer. I graduated from Rutgers a couple of years ago. And, Congratulations. Um, thank you. Something I noticed in my constitutional law class was the professor wasn't even, you know, we weren't even really learning the Constitution, so I got to thinking how much, how many high school students or anybody really is, you know, focusing on something as, you know, simple as the Constitution. And I came across mm -hmm. a study, I believe it was by the uh, Monticello Foundation, and it was approximately 20% of people have ever even read the Constitution. So I ended up creating a scholarship to, you know, uh, get more high school students to read the scholarship and uh, the feedback from those students has been incredible. Um, some of them asked me they didn't even know where to find the Constitution or what it even looked like. And, and wow. there was one student, he just read just the preamble, and he thought that was the entire Constitution. And, you know, just went to show, you know, what's what's happening, what's going on. And, and I think by just focusing on, you know, the basics, it's uh, the feedback that, you know, I got was incredible. Some of these kids are saying, well, I'm so glad I came across this. I, I feel so empowered now. I mm -hmm. understand, you know, the balances of power and this and that. So when you're talking about spending and, and things like that, I think it'll help help the next generation of voters understand, you know, what to look out for and, and uh, mm -hmm. you know.
Well, and, and just to define your rights as an American, I mean, we have these debates over gun control and most kids have not read the Second Amendment. Most adults haven't either. You know, we, we have debates over states' rights and, and, you know, Supreme Court decisions based on controversial subjects like abortion, et cetera. But nobody's read the Constitution and, under, and, and has a grasp of what states' rights really mean, what states can do for their citizens under this this federal system, this this republic uh, that we have. And, you know, there's the mistake that people make, threat to the democracy. Well, we are a republic, not a democracy. But try to explain that to someone. It's very, very difficult. And I'm finding it that that people look at politics. To your point, Dominic, they they have no civics understanding. They don't value the right to vote because they don't understand the basis of it and what it really means that to have a representative government. They're also financially illiterate. We do not teach financial literacy. We do not teach the Constitution founding principles of the country. Uh, instead, all they hear about is, oh, the founders, all those racist slaveholders. That's, that's how they've boiled down American history instead of talking about the greatness of a constitutional republic that we are losing right now and have to yeah. get back. So absolutely. Thank you, Dominic. Got to jump. Good to talk to you. Appreciate you. Tony, I'll go to you first on the other side. Question on the table is very simple. Uh, as I make my way around the state and we do four or five events, I'll have another uh, listening event in Morris County tonight. And uh, we had Sussex last night. We'll be in Cumberland and Monmouth uh, coming up soon. And I'll keep you posted on those. Um, but but what, what do you want to see fixed in the state? I I, I want to hear from you because one thing politicians have not done over the past three decades is listen to you. And if you run a business, raise a family, uh, collect a weekly paycheck, <laughs> you have input and should have input on what the future of our state looks like. What's the first thing you would change? 1-800-283-101.5-646. Traffic and weather next. Zero. 652 on New Jersey, 101.5. Good morning. I am Bill Spadia with you at 10 o'clock this morning. Talking Jersey, taking your calls. 1-800-283-101.5. So the listening tour has begun. Sussex County was our first stop tonight. Morris County, uh, I'll be coming to your county soon. Part of it is to hear what you think we need to do to solve the problems in this state. We have many, many problems. And I'm encouraged if you listen to my last podcast, and I'll repost that today. I had a great conversation with Congressman Jeff Van Drew about how Donald Trump is focusing on New Jersey. Now, why is that important? Well, he's extremely popular among Republicans. You've got two never-Trump Republicans in Jack Chitterelli and John Bramnick running for governor. Um, so as of this moment, there's no... Uh, pro-Trump candidate in the field. But why is it important? Well, it's not so much whether or not you think Donald Trump can win New Jersey. It's a function of we can't take anything for granted or leave anything on the table. New Jersey Democrats are tired of what's going on with the school system and the infrastructure. And uh, most New Jersey Democrats are not in favor of a sanctuary state. They're not in favor of um, the radical policies, whether it comes to health care or bail reform, they're not in favor of it. it. It's too far left for the average Democrat. So Trump is right to focus on New Jersey. And uh, the, you know, the two, uh, the, the clown show of Chitterelli and Bramnick, 
uh, both who are complicit, by the way, in all of the bad things that have happened in New Jersey, as as both served and Bramnick still serves in the legislature, passing and voting for bills that only serve to help them and and hurt the rest of us. And now here we are with a $56 billion budget, two Republicans who want to attack Donald Trump instead of help and empower and bring all Republicans together so we can form a solution for what's ailing this state. But the start of that solution is to listen to you. What would you do to help bring our state back? We'll start with Alex and Pensalkin. Morning, Alex. Morning, sir. How are you? Good. What do you want to say? So, um, yeah, I work for the township. I think they should lower our taxes, to be honest with you. That's what they should do. But I get, like, compliments from people saying, well, you work for the township. You guys get, like, benefits. And, you know, I'm like, you guys get scotch off free. I'm like, no, we don't. We pay taxes just as much as you guys do. So, Alex, wait a minute. You're telling me you work for Pensacola Township and you're not getting rich? <laughs> right? And, and Alex, I'm glad you called because that's the reality. We've got a lot of great government workers out there that get on the wrong end of the stick of public perception because Republicans have attacked state workers and municipal workers for too long. They've attacked teachers for too long. We need better Republicans to understand that public service isn't just elected officials. It's folks working in the county offices, the state offices, the municipal offices. And, and the reality is we need you guys. And it's, it's not fair that the taxes are so high, yet guys like you get the short end of the stick. Our teachers are woefully underpaid in many areas. And, uh, you know, whether uh, certain politicians want to admit this or not, our cops are not being served the way they should be when it comes to their pensions, cost of living, and even in many cases, their pay. So the reality is, Alex, I, I agree with you. The only way that we can lower the taxes, though, is we have to create new taxpayers. We have to create new businesses, create new jobs. We have to make sure that we're spending money in a smart way. And what we shouldn't be doing is absorbing the burden of what could be as high as a million illegals that are taking and using your tax dollars that should be going to Americans and American communities. And that's something that we are absolutely going to fix. You agree? It's, it's, it's sad because, like, you know, I tried, I don't even know how I'm going to be able to retire. I mean, I've been only there for six years, and it's like, well, now I'm, like, stuck because I could be there until, like, I'm 70. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. No. You know what I mean? And it's just uh, no. it's really sad. Well, we're going to fix it, Alex. And, and, and it starts with listening to guys like you. So thank you for calling. I appreciate you. Appreciate it, man. All right, take care. Kim, I'm going to get to you first, then George and Bill on the other side of the news. It's 6.56. Eric Scott, back with the news in three and a half minutes. Bye. Seven ten on New Jersey 101.5. I am Bill Spadia. Good morning. I'll be with you until 10 o'clock this morning. We, uh, as I talked about, I've got our listening tour underway. Started in Sussex County last night. Beautiful part of New Jersey. Uh, we'll be in Morris County tonight. And you can check uh, my public schedule at nj1015.com slash Bill Spadia. Any article that talks about an event that we've done, whether it's a neighborhood event, a mainstream event, a main street event, I should say, um, it links to BillSpadia.com slash events where you can join me on the trail. Let's uh, jump right back into it. One of the things that we're listening for is how do you think we can fix New Jersey? We've got a lot of work to do. Where do we start? 
Kim in Monmouth County. Good morning. Good morning, Bill. How are you this morning? I am doing great. I, I have to tell you, Kim, I was so energized. I didn't get back till uh, about 1030 last night, but it was uh, it was such an energizing day. We got the same day ahead of us today. Another five events. I, I uh, Thankfully, the last event ends at nine o'clock in Somerset. So I may have an earlier night tonight. Not bad at all. Everything right. you're in Monmouth County, I'm there. Thanks, Kim. I love Monmouth County. You know, where are you in Monmouth County? I am in Freehold. Yeah, I love Freehold. We, um, we've we got uh, my good friend Matt who owns 618 Restaurant. We're talking about doing an event there coming up shortly. I will keep you posted. We will do the listening tour in Monmouth. Uh, my, uh, my, my, uh, my friend John Merla, who runs the Keyport Republicans, it's it's a great collection of like-minded people. And uh, Monmouth County uh, is just, you know, the, the, the future of New Jersey really goes through Monmouth and Ocean. So we're going to spend a lot of time there. And it needs a lot of help. Oh, well, the, 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 the absolute uh, ridiculousness of your Republican leadership, if you can call them leadership, with Tom Arnone and, and Sean Golden. I mean, they're just the two clowns who are just there for themselves, and they've done nothing but lose. I mean, they, those two have, have conspired to figure out how to have Monmouth County be on the precipice now of turning blue over the next couple cycles if, if we don't get rid of them. So help us on the way. So my topic for you this morning is um, health care for senior citizens in nursing homes. Ah, okay. Under, Tell me about under it. The Murphy, under the Murphy Persichilli, um empire, mm-hmm. um, they changed the rules for what nursing homes and subacute rehabs can do, meaning they took away all the safety features of being able to keep their patients safe. They're no longer allowed to have hospital beds. They're no longer allowed to have wedges in wheelchairs to keep the person from sitting. They can have no restraint of a table in front of them. So when you used to walk into a nursing home, you always saw the residents out and about sitting around a nurse's station or in a room having games and whatnot. Since all of that has been taken away, these people never get out of bed. Now, my mom had to go into a nursing home. And I was mortified. Her bed looks like a toddler bed, literally 12 inches off the floor with no guardrails. The facilities have to put twin mattresses alongside of it. But if the patient rolls out of the bed and hits the, the mattress, the facility has to report it to the state as a fall, even though it was the state that made these ridiculous rules. Why, what was the reasoning behind the rules? At least what was their publicly stated reason and why do you think they did it? Um, they, the reason from the facilities that I toured when I was looking for a place to put my mom was that they felt that it was the Persicility um, Regiment felt that it was not proper to restrain a senior citizen and they're not restraining them they're trying to keep them safe but give them the best life they can in a facility yeah of course it's 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 a ridiculous thing now the wedges in the chair that's interesting tell me about that because again the wedge is something that it pushes them back so that they can't get out of so basically they want them to have the right that if they want to get up they can get up even if they're a fall risk yeah see that's that is a disconnect from reality isn't it Oh, it, it, it was, it, it's her, when you walk in these facilities now, Bill, it is absolutely horrific. And all the facilities are like, 
thank the governor. You know, thank the governor. It, it was and my awesome. guess is now, are you? Do you, this is your experience from, from your mom, or do you work in one of these facilities? I do not work in one of these facilities, but I am an administrator in healthcare. So when I walked in and saw all this, I started asking questions because I knew it wasn't the norm. So, Kim, are you in touch with a lot of healthcare workers and others that agree with you? Oh, oh the facilities agree, but the problem is you have to remember the state certifies the facilities. Yeah. So the facilities aren't bringing anything to light because they don't want to jeopardize their license. So I wonder if we could get some folks to meet with us anonymously uh, just so we can can uh, start to build a list of the problems that need to be solved. I can see what I can do. I can work on that, and then I can get back to you. All right, let's do this. Can I put you on hold? I'm going to have producer Kristen get you connected with my assistant Sharon. I would love to have as a part of our listening tour, and, and we will not disclose where we meet or who was at the meeting, but we'll have the meeting so that I can learn firsthand all the details because that can be a part of our common sense changes that we're going to implement over the next couple of years. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when, if you ever walked into one of these facilities, it, it, it makes you speechless that our, that our seniors are being treated the way they are. I, you know, it's, it's, it, we've had this conversation and you know, uh, my wife Jody and I have said we want to, obviously we want my mother-in-law to stay with us as long as possible. And I've had that kind of lingering thought about, well, what happens when she needs full-time medical care? What, what are the, what are the options in the Garden State? And, you know, we, we've heard some real horror stories and then you have in the back of your mind, you go through another panic like COVID and a guy like Murphy's in charge or Persichilli and you're in trouble. You're, you know, we, I mean, we lost thousands and thousands of our elderly moms and dads and grandparents and, and it was uh, totally avoidable, totally avoidable. And, and actually my mom was one of them, 90 years old. She made it through COVID. But if it wasn't that I fought to where the, the hospital threw her out that she was in when she her numbers were going up instead of going down because they wanted to get their numbers down. Yep, yep. And if it wasn't the, the point that I was in health care and I knew where they were sending me wasn't right and I fought and I ended up getting her in an acute care facility. But if it wasn't for that, she would have passed because I even thought then she was going to pass. Yeah. Wow. God bless you. I'm so glad you called, Kim. Kim, I'm going to put you on a quick hold and producer Kristen will get that contact info. Thank you. Thank you for your courage. I appreciate you. All right. Bill George, you hang in there. I'll be back. I'll get to you first on the other side. 717, we're talking about how do we fix New Jersey? So you're in charge for a day. What do you do first? 1-800-283-101.5. 717. Fast driving instant weather next. Seven twenty-two on New Jersey one hundred one point five. Let's jump right back into it. So, you're in charge for the day. What are you going to do to fix New Jersey? It's about time we have political leaders who listen to the people instead of dictate to them. Let's start with George in Glassboro. Where would you start, George? So I would stop trying to fix everything. I would do the opposite. I'd start deleting some regulations. So let's look at this last lady who came on. She's complaining because all these rules that some group of people in Trenton came up with, who probably never been in a nursing home, never worked there, and they said, this is how it's going to run. And they're micromanaging that place. In that place, you probably have administrators who know how to do their job, who know how to run a nursing home. Stop making rules, micromanaging everything they do. Let them do their job. I work in a school, and I get the exact same thing. All these rules saying, 
you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't suspend kids who are vandalizing because this kid's been suspended too many times. You can't. There's just all these stupid rules. There's these rules about how many classes we have to take. If I want to go become a vice principal, I got to waste thousands of dollars on some classes that are going to teach me nothing. Stop coming up with regulations. We don't need a fishing license. I don't need to register to go camping. I shouldn't have to fill out a form for everything I do in New Jersey. Let people do their job. Delete all these laws. Delete all these regulations. Just let us live like normal people. George, I could not have said that better myself. Uh, I, I, I love what you just said, and I agree 100%. I think that is something that um, I've actually had conversations with former Lieutenant Governor Kim Godano about back when she was running, um, about having a task force to, to pour through the thousands and thousands of unnecessary regulations and start getting rid of them, either by legislative action or using the state government to not enforce any of them and telling teachers, look, that when they and, and administrators, whether it's in nursing homes, whether it's in uh, companies and just starting to roll back and say, we're no longer going to enforce that. Remember, George, the left does this all the time and the left uses the district attorneys, et cetera, and the prosecutors and say, hey, we're, we can't do anything about some of the laws, so we're going to decide not to enforce them. Well, you could do the same thing with many of these unnecessary regulations and show how it would work and then have the legislature come in and codify it by formally striking down. Many of these regulations are coming from these departments and can be struck down within the executive branch through executive order. So uh, I love what you said. I'm with you 100%. We just need the right governor to get it done. Thank you, George. Thanks. You take care. All right, Clint, Bill, get you guys first on the other side. 724, Eric Scott with the news in five minutes. 738 on New Jersey 101.5. Good morning. I am Bill Spadio. We've hit 10 o'clock this morning talking Jersey, taking your calls. 1-800-283-101.5. Uh, talking about how we fix New Jersey. I'm on my listening tour now, and it's uh, something I always told my kids that you, um, you've got two ears and one mouth. You should use them in that proportion. We don't have enough politicians and leaders around the Garden State that are actually listening to people. So started in... Sussex with our first one last night. Got another one tonight in um, uh, Morris County. Eric, I just want to ask you quick. Um, the one Before I get to you guys, Clint, Bill, everybody, you and I were talking off air yeah. about something that could be a game changer in New Jersey. Uh, and you said the words, it could be one of the biggest political bombs that have gone off in New Jersey history. And that is the line. Can you just explain um, what Andy Kim is suing over and what impact that would have in let's say this coming election and the next one in 25 well and in all elections i mean it would epically change the way political party bosses have and wield power in new jersey the reason they're so powerful in a state like new jersey is because they award the line top of the ballot so the idea is voters go in they see that top line name even if they don't know anything about the candidates they're going to pull that lever because that's the party boss that has assigned that line. So that individual has a huge advantage over anybody else in a primary. If Kim's lawsuit is successful, it would remove that power from the party chairman and all of the names would appear in block form on the ballot. So you would eliminate the party chairman basically deciding elections in New Jersey. 
And how would it look? Would they be listed top down? Would they be listed across? The example that I saw in block form would list them across. So what so, would you draw straws to see who was first, who was second? Potentially, yeah. But they would all be under that same banner of Republican. Correct. Instead of, you're the actual Republican yes, and you know, the, you're the lunatic in column yeah, six. It's, right. It's, so you're, you're the Republican <laughs> and you're the, um, you know, blank, blank Republican. You know, because they have to have those different names right. because you're not the endorsed right. Republican by that party chairman. It's wild. Um, so... You know, it's that is a gray area because people will often misinterpret that. They will look at the top line and go, oh, well, that's really the only Republican. I don't know who these other two guys are, so I'm going to vote for this guy. Yeah. Um, and it, it is the it is the biggest singular source of power for political party bosses in New Jersey. If you pull that away from them and they can no longer award the line, they really have no power. Well, the the only ones that would have power are the ones that have taken the time to build an organization. Right? Correct. So I, yes. I would argue yeah. uh, George Gilmore in Ocean County uh, would lose one piece, but he's got a massive organization. We haven't done any events in Ocean that we haven't seen, you know, 100, 200 plus people. He does it right. I, I think, but to your point... Um, where you lack an organization, you know, Morris County. Morris County has virtually no organization. They're all infighting, everything else, which is why we're spending a lot of time there with the mayors and the local groups who have tremendous uh, influence. But when you get to that county level, so what happens if, if that chairman loses the line? <laughs> what do you have? Well, you but it levels, it levels the playing field. Yep. So, you know, you don't have to kiss the ring of the party chairman to get his endorsement and your top ballot placement. At that point now, it truly becomes almost an open primary because yeah. now everybody is on the same line. Everybody's on an even field. That would be field. wild. But it also then requires that those candidates that are going to run actually campaign. Yes. Oh, can you can you imagine Forcing candidates to actually do the work instead of sit back in a backroom meeting and cut a deal to well, get the line. And that's right. And, and right? so often that's what happens. Both sides, because Republican they, and Democrat. Because yep. they know that that's what's important. That line is so important to the success of your campaign, more so than campaigning in a yeah. grassroots level, because you can do all of that that you want. I mean, look at Ed Durr. You can do all the campaigning you want. Yep. But if you don't have the support... Of the chairman, yeah, you lose a huge advantage. Well, we saw, we saw. You're right. There's a great example when when he upset Steve Sweeney. It was populist. It was the general election. The lines had nothing to do with it. Correct. But then the insiders undermined him. They ran a primary against yep. him. You know, and I blame a lot of um, Republicans who are in office today for doing that. But it's a great point because there's so much power in that back room, um, and it's it's changing and who knew it would take a left-wing democrat but it's funny i find myself on the same side as the 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 left on this that that some of us in on the center right and others on the left saying you know what shaking the system up is not a terrible thing it's not terrible for yeah, I, our I mean, former government and you don't see it in any other state i mean the, you, no you, other you, state you, has you, this right we're the only ones other state i mean it's it, it, that so that amount of power with the chairman you know you talk about party bosses you know and political influencers and things like that i mean if you have if you're a candidate and you want to win a primary do i spend all my time and effort campaigning grassroots or do I spend all my time raising money and donating money to a party chairman who can award me the line 
<laughs> you know, and give me an advantage. And they wonder why turnout is so low. Right. Right? That's why nobody votes in the primaries. They feel like, ah, they've already decided for me. All right, so so that's coming up. Eric will keep us posted on that. Uh, it took Andy Kim to uh, to bring a lawsuit because he is in a heated battle with uh, the first lady who really is the shadow governor, Tammy Murphy. I think she's smarter than her husband and no doubt has been working behind the scenes. Guys, it's not by accident that uh, Tammy Murphy got a $10,000 door to have access to the governor's office. Who's really been running this state for the past uh, six and a half years? Well, we all know. And and now she wants to be a U.S. senator. And Andy Kim beating her brains in in some of these local counties. One nine to one in Burlington. Now, that's his home county. I get it. But he cl- is clean sweep in 100. And he beat her in Monmouth. He's up 12 points in the in the polls that we've seen. I, I don't know. Change is coming. And, and look, as a Republican, we've got to look at change that's coming as a positive. The good news is for our organizations, our, our Common Sense um, Coalition and, and uh, family of, of organizations and grassroots support, we've got some great connections with many of the most powerful counties in this state. So uh, I look at it either way. I don't think it would be a bad thing, but I do mean what I say. You've got strong chairs like Jose Arango, George Gilmore, and others who would do um, well whether there's a line or not. I would say that of Tim Howes in Somerset County as well. They'll do well because they've built something. And others like Jackie Vigilante and, and Lisa Richford, Gloucester, Mercer, uh, they, they are struggling to fight against those backroom forces to build their organization. So in those cases, they'll benefit as well. So I can see all sides of this, but uh, change is certainly coming. My question to you is if you're in charge, what's the first thing you want to see done in this state? Because to me, it's about listening to the stakeholders and the folks locally as to what are the most important priorities. What do we need to change first to fix New Jersey? Clint, Bill, I'll get to you guys first. After traffic and weather, it's 6, uh, no, it's 746. 7.53 on New Jersey 101.5. I am Bill Spadia. Let's jump right back into it. Talking about your thoughts about how we fix New Jersey. What do we do first? You're in charge. Let's start with Clint in Mullica Hill. Good morning, Clint. So you think it's all about getting rid of Murphy, huh? Well, we got a, a millionaire elite that has a bill in Lake Como, has a $25 million home in uh, Middletown. He's got another home in Berlin, Jersey, Berlin, uh, Germany. I said, how can he relate to the average working stiff? Yeah. He how can't. can a hedge fund manager that only work with millionaires uh, with Goldman Sachs, how can he relate to uh, the average person? Uh, I mean, it's ridiculous. Why well, do we elect these? You know, it's interesting, Clint. He, you're right. He can't. But somehow Trump can. So I don't think it's just a function of money or success. I, I think truly that if you're an elitist snob at, at some level, uh, you, you're always going to be that guy, whether you've got a billion dollars or or 10 bucks in the bank. You're going to be you're a jerk is a jerk and and Murphy is is just a jerk. I mean, you know, him and his wife are just arrogant. They they think they're better than everybody. They think they're entitled. That's what it is. I mean, you listen to the speech yesterday and you look at what he's done in this state. The problem is Clint yes. that the Republicans failed in 2021 to run a credible candidate to beat him. 
you know, you run a guy that ran scared, that supported the lockdowns, that wanted licenses for illegals. I mean, Jack Cittarelli was as much a Democrat as as the Democrats. And that's part of the problem. You've got a, a chairman of the Republican Party and Bob Hugan, who is about as incompetent as any, any organizational leader we've we've seen in this state. And, you know, it's it's a problem because then people look to an opposition and they're like, hey, what's the opposition? And then when they're losers, they're, people give up. That's why seven out of ten people are moving out of this state. Uh, people give up. So I'm asking people, don't give up. The, the common sense movement is strong. 150,000 members now. We're raising an average, if you look at our fourth quarter numbers, 100,000 a month, low-dollar donors, $11.14 a donor. There is an appetite for change, Clint. I agree we got to get rid of Murphy and not let the Democrats take over in 25, but it's got to be with the right leader. We got to cut spending. They got to go sure. to budget and cut spending. Uh, property taxes are what medium property taxes like 10,000. It's 10,000, yeah. Home in in Jersey 600,000. How can anybody afford it? Yeah. Uh, medium for uh, uh, apartments like twenty two hundred a month. Yep. Nobody Man, you are you are up on these numbers, Clint. You're you're spot on. Did you? Uh, we're probably the least business friendly state in the union. He's going to raise corporate taxes and put another surcharge on your corporate taxes. Ridiculous. Yep. It, it's it, look. It's all about their insatiable appetite to take our money and spend it to benefit themselves and what are the million illegals in the state costness will we ever find out what the million he'll never illegals? he'll never tell you clint the only way to solve that is to declare an emergency work with ice empower and hire new state troopers and start and and close the new jersey borders to anybody who's not a citizen uh or that is here illegally i mean it's that simple you know i a sit a, a non-citizen who has a legal um paper to be here has a legal visa work visa we encourage all legal immigrants but but the illegal migrants we have to close the border and stop this nonsense because we are paying the bill for a countless number of people and it's not fair to the new jersey taxpayers it's not fair to the families who are struggling it's not fair to the communities it's not fair to law enforcement our teachers uh, the folks that work on our infrastructure it's not fair we've created a system that has completely turned upside down on the very people that are paying the bills me and you clint thanks for calling appreciate you all right lisa i'll get to you first on the other side of the news there scott coming in two minutes 809 on New Jersey 101.5. Good morning. I am Bill Spadio with you at 10 o'clock this morning. Talking Jersey ticket. Your calls. 1-800-283-101.5. All right. So the question on the table, what do we do to fix New Jersey? You're in charge. What's the first thing that you do? Let's start with Chris in Texas. Wait a minute, Chris. Was was fixing New Jersey uh, leaving? Was that how you fixed it? That was my quick fix. I couldn't stand yeah. filthy Phil Murphy, and we're just as happy as can be down here. But in order for New Jersey to be fixed, you have a solid base in your police and firefighters. Take care of the cost of living adjustments that's been due to them, that they've been deprived of, and change your bail laws and start enforcing laws. Well, there's no question, right, that, that, we, that we've gone way, way too far in terms of... Um, uh, our our lack of law enforcement, our lack of I should say our lack of support 
for law enforcement. That that's really what it comes down to. Um, you know, the way we treat our our firefighters, our our nurses, it, it's an enormous problem. I you know, I'm with you on that. So, what would get you back to New Jersey? <laughs> Honestly, now that I've had a taste of Texas for over a year and a half, uh, <laughs> it's a hard sell. It really is. Yeah, I, look, I hear you. What do you love about Texas? Uh, the weather, for example, I mean, we hit 90s the other day. We had uh, 70s into the 80s over the last couple of days. It's going to be chilly today, but it's going to fluctuate, and you get used to it. So it's it's the weather. It's February. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So you love the weather. I get it. You know, I get it. Well, look, man, I, how is, let me ask you this. How's the mood in Texas in terms of um, politics? You hear a lot about, but what, what part of Texas are you in? Dallas-Fort Worth, sir. All right. So Dallas-Fort Worth is, I would say, more conservative, at least, than a place like Austin. Yes, except for South Dallas. Yeah. Is um, There's an area north of Dallas called Las Colinas. Do you know that area? Just there, the other, I was just... Yeah, it's a very cool place, right? They've got the canals that they dug out, all man-made. Very, very cool. And uh, there's also a place that I remember. God, I can't remember. It's a steakhouse where if you wear a tie, they will cut your tie off. And they've got hundreds of ties pinned to the wall of people that walked in with a tie. Yes, I uh, I haven't been to that one yet, um, but Fort Worth is the place to be for steak. Yeah, right? That's it. Yeah, I, I spent a lot of time in Texas. I, I love Texas, but but I think we need to bring a little bit of that, that Texas attitude to New Jersey. It's the get it done and push back on the government, and it's enough. So anyway, Chris, all right, you're on my list as a guy that I want to see. I want to be able to tempt you to come back to Jersey. It's going to take us a few years, but stay in touch. Thanks, Chris. I keep my eye on you. There you go. Take care, Chris. Have a good one. All right, let's go to Lisa in Central Jersey. Morning, Lisa. Good morning. How are you? I am fine, thank you. How are you? Doing great. So well, what do you think? My, I think we should stop taxing pensions. One of the reasons why a lot of people I know leave New Jersey is because of the taxed pensions. And they go to Florida and they go to Texas yeah. and they go to North Carolina. Um, and, you know, when you're on a pension, especially somebody who wasn't making six figures, your pension is not going to be that much factor in Social Security and then the cost yeah. of living in New Jersey. And then they're lucky if they can keep their house with the taxes. Well, I'm, I'm so, reading this here. There are a lot of exceptions to the pension tax. Um, I, I think you can probably pay very little if you're making less than 150000 a year. But again, to your point, I mean, you've got a lot of, you know, the, the, the retired cops and teachers and etc and you know once you get to that number you take that number take away all the taxes move to tennessee move to even delaware uh you're mm -hmm. gonna and you're gonna keep a lot more of that income and you know what i tell people the part of the problem in new jersey is we're not isolated you've got you've got pennsylvania and and delaware right across the river that you could move there and still be close in touch with your grandkids. You could still keep those friends in the neighborhood. So mm -hmm. that's part of the problem. I, I, I'm with you, Lisa. Yeah, there, we should not be taxing pensions. Uh, no question about it. Uh, it is, it's one of those things that, that hurts us. If not, I don't know what the percentage of pension holders are, or pension receivers are paying, 
as far as how many people are actually hitting the threshold to pay the tax on the pension. But either way, it's one of those perceptions like the exit tax that New Jersey is just unfriendly to people who are here. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And I'm a life. I'm a lifelong resident, and I'd love to stay, but it's getting very costly. I know. We're working on it, Lisa. Don't worry. Stay tuned. All right. Thank you. All right. You take care. Yeah, she's not wrong. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm reading it on the website now. If somebody knows uh, specifically, if you're a, um, someone who works in this, it looks like the taxable amount is going to be over 150000 and there are plenty of ways to get around it, but... Again, you got to have a great accountant. Now, I, I do, and you should too. The CSI group, they're fantastic. But but what, what you have to look at is it's the same thing with the corporate business tax, right? So so most of your, your small mom and pop shops are not going to hit that threshold. But the fact that you've got the highest taxes in the country creates a climate where other job creators don't want to come here. And job creators who are here are looking for reasons to leave. So when you lose, let's say, that big company taxpayer, your tax burden goes up. So let me make this clear. And I've talked to a lot of folks on this about the NJ bait tax and the fact that your small business can get away with a lot more deductions than you may know about. Great program pushed by NJBIA. I think we're going to end up getting a rate cut eventually as well. All good. But if you don't cut the corporate business tax... You will drive more of the big taxpayers out of this state. And the more you drive out and the more the budget goes up, you heard, Eric Scott, it's up 56% now since the last year of Christie spending. It's crazy. So we're spending 56% more and we have taxpayers leaving the state. $3.5 billion in adjusted gross income walked out between 21 and 22. Well, wh- where's the money coming from? It's coming from you. That's where it's coming from. It's coming from Kathy, the board op. It's coming from Eric Scott, the news anchor. It's coming from Kristen, the producer. It's coming from me and you. We're the ones stuck with the burden. That's the challenge. All right. The other challenge is I'm running late. It's 816. Fast traffic instant weather next. Hello. Eight twenty-two on New Jersey one hundred one point five. Good morning. I am Bill Spadia with you till ten o'clock this morning. Talking Jersey, taking your calls one 1015 So you're in charge. What are you going to do? We're on our listening tour now. Started our tour with Sussex County yesterday. Outstanding event. Uh, just uh, great to uh, um, be at the Crystal Springs Resort. Uh, Andy Mulvihill, who uh, who owns it, does a great job. It's it really is a a good place for a, a meeting and a getaway. But uh, it all started with us talking about how we're going to save New Jersey, and and I want to hear from you. What do we need to be focused on that's going to make life better in the Garden State? Let's start with John in Clinton. Hello, Bill. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Uh, there's a lot of things for New Jersey to fix, but one of the things that should be put on the list is the state park system, I believe. Um, Tell me. I, I used to work there, and there's often a disconnect between the maintenance and the management, and then, of course, with Trenton. Um, anytime a problem would come up with a building, there's hardly ever any money. And the, um, you know, the fact that uh, I think it was this administration that stopped entry fees for state parks, which was ridiculous to me because they make some money for the for the state, I believe. Well, you know what the 
the challenge is, uh, and I think if I'm reading this right, there's 70 million in our state park fund in this new budget. I, but I don't know what that means. What are they going to do with it? Um, we have to stop being afraid of paying fees in New Jersey. You know, we uh, we propose and we're working on now a veteran bill of rights. I'm launching a new organization called Veterans for Common Sense. Uh, my good friend Sean Maybe and uh, Colonel Scott Rudder are behind this and we are uh, working with some great folks with uh, the Trenton Thunder Organization and others to um, to get this off the ground. But I, one of the things that in our first meeting, I said, you know, New Jersey does stupid things like like instead of focusing on uh, veteran substance abuse, unemployment, homelessness, suicide, all this these issues, they they made a big push and a big campaign on eliminating beach tag fees. Like how yeah, how stupid, money. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, a veteran's not homeless just because he can't afford a beach tag fee, and the guy that needs a job isn't going to the beach anyway. So what are we doing? And and I'm with you on that. I think user fees are smart. It's why I've never, um, truthfully, never been opposed to tolls. I, I know people get mad at me for that, but I, I don't care. I I'm not opposed to tolls. I think what we're paying on the to cross the. Uh, the Hudson River is ridiculous. Our truckers deserve a break. We got to lower those tolls, but at the same time, paying a fee to use the road is not a bad thing. Paying a fee to access a a a, a park or a beach, you know, it's not free. Someone's got to pay the lifeguard. Somebody's got to groom the sand. Somebody's got to landscape. The I mean, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so, think about you know, I don't know how many years ago it was when somebody was sitting on a beach yeah. while the rest of the state parks were closed. I <laughs> remember that. So, of course I do. I was working at one of the parks, uh, at the recreation area at the time. And the thing is, too, what they do with the money, uh, with any toll or fee, is questionable to me also. Because, like I said, I was there firsthand. And the buildings are literally um, falling apart at certain places. Yeah. Uh, literally. Because, yeah. yeah, I was there. It's a shame. I'm with you, John. And Thank so you, man. Thing I believe should be addressed. Thank I'm going to add that to the list. Appreciate you. Let's go to Mike in Morris County. Mike, out of about 30 seconds, what do you want to say? Yeah, my, my idea is uh, there's a lot of uh, money out in, in politics that's untaxed, and I would like to start taxing uh, political <clears throat> funds. The way I would do it would be all contributions, all political contributions would be taxed at 100% of the contribution by the contributor. <clears throat> On the receiving end, the party or the PAC that receives contributions pays 50% of what they receive in tax. At the end of the election or before the election, all campaign war chests are turned in. Uh, so everybody is zeroed out. So the way it would work, Sunday would be the last day of campaigning. Monday, you would re- be removing signs, and your campaign account would be audited. And then anything that's in excess of what was spent would be turned in. you got to start taxing uh, All right, Mike. Money. You know, Too it's much untaxed money out. There. It's not a terrible idea, except I think the the challenge with that is you would dissuade a lot of working and middle class folks from running. You know, with with our organization, I look at this and and I can tell you, it costs us ninety cents on the dollar to ramp up the organization. And now we have staff. We've been able to do polling. We're doing it. We're actually creating jobs because of the effort. Um, we're not even in a position now, you know, two years in, that we would be able to afford a 50% tax. So I, I think you've got to look at this in a couple of different ways. But to your point, I think we've got a lot of uh, uh, super rich folks out there that ought to be paying their fair share. I'm with you on that. Thank you, Mike. All right, other side, uh, I'm going to uh, talk to you about something that happens to all of us. You're autocorrect. I don't really know how to solve 
this problem. I have sent a few crazy texts over the past week that I can't undo. And uh, it's because autocorrect decided it was another word, a word that I wasn't actually using. Has this happened to you? 1-800-283-101.5-828. Eric Scott with the news now. Eight thirty nine on New Jersey one hundred one point five. Good morning, I am Bill Spadio with you till ten o'clock this morning. Talking Jersey, taking your calls one eight hundred two eight three one hundred one point five. Autocorrect, Eric has really gotten the best of me um, recently. I've um, been saying things like demons and all like I, like just out of context, stupid words that that I don't get it. How do I turn that off? I don't know, and I have um, informed all of my friends and colleagues that if I am texting you and you see the word duck, it never means duck. <laughs> uh, yep, that's a that's one of those autocorrects that has probably saved people from sending an <laughs> uh, inappropriate, angry text. I'm more worried about going the other way. Than- yeah. Well, it's but you you have a real kind of love hate relationship with your phone because you're on it all day because of, mm-hmm. and so am I because we the schedules that we have the people we yeah, talk that's to what we do right yeah, that's what we do right um, but you had the issue where you were you weren't butt dialing people but what it was transcribing conversations oh my god for it a while. was transcribing conversations while I was on the air into a text so I now have to make sure I close every app right. Because I had I had a like a four minute break recorded written out in a text thread to someone else, and I'm like, now if they get that text, that's a weird one. Yeah. So see, right now I'm leaving it open. I got to close it. It's so stupid because it'll start it'll start recording for you. But it's you know you and I are both prolific texters because it's the, yes. it's the way we communicate and we text fast. And I've done this too where I'm thinking, oh, I got to jump on this phone call real quick, but I got to get this text message out. So you pop 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 and then. Yep, you got to give yourself a minute to look because I've had the same thing where the autocorrect has happened, and, and I'm and you just you need that extra second because yeah. how many times have you hit send, and then you read it back and you go, oh, I can't believe I just sent that. Yeah, it looks like you were having a seizure while you were writing it. Right, <laughs> different spaces and periods right. and uh, words that mean nothing. <clears throat> I don't understand how it autocorrects to words that aren't words. Well, I thought the theory was at one point that it would start to learn the words that you use the most and that it would start learning how you text and if they were going to autocorrect, it was going to correct to something that was in your vernacular. I, but I don't see that, that that's the case, right? <laughs> no, not yeah. even close. It's it's It will try to finish sentences, but that's also unclear on how you do that. I end up erasing the whole thing sometimes. Like, I just... Just let me type it out. I, I'm I'm capable of doing that. There's got to be a setting in there. I mean, I know there are words that I use that are unique to me that may be my own creation or I have a unique way of spelling something. And I do it on purpose to emphasize a word right, or right, to be right. silly or whatever. Right. My phone has learned that. Oh, that's and now funny. we'll correct to... To the goofy spelling. M- right, to the goofy spelling or my incorrect <laughs> that's spelling. Great. So that that's I funny. like. Um but again, those words are not always appropriate for everybody, so I have to be careful that right it's, who yeah, you're that sending it's not it sending to. it. Yeah, right. Then I, I, things that I would text Sandra, things that you would text your wife, you probably don't not don't necessarily want going to a client from time to time. A very fair point. Yeah. <laughs> so has this happened to you? Have you gotten caught up in an inappropriate text that 
was not your fault. Can we please blame Siri? Let's go to Karen in Princeton. Uh-oh, Karen. You in- you said something to your son that was inappropriate. What happened? Oh, my gosh. Well, it wasn't a text. It was the voice to text. Uh, oh. I never, ever use that. My husband always does. And I get these off-the-wall messages from him sometimes. And somehow I figure out what he's saying. That's impressive. Um, <laughs> but... We went to see. We went to Atlantic City for the weekend. My husband and I uh, many years ago. And yeah. My son, I think, was like twenty-one, and the Blake Shelton concert was on the beach down there. So I decided I was going to try and use that voice to text, and I said, "Hey, what are you doing? We're at the Blake Shelton concert in Atlantic City." And it transposed it to we're at a sex party in Atlantic City. So the whole day goes by, and I didn't realize I sent that to him. So I, I'm like, okay, why hasn't he texted me back? And I go and I look at my phone at, like, dinner time, and I, I'm like, oh, my gosh. I never oh, typed wow. so fast in my life. I called my son. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I talked into the phone. I did not text that. That is not what I said. What did he say? What did your son say? He was just laughing. Okay. He must have assumed it was something off, right? I mean, that's yeah, like, I wow, mean, mom and dad are having fun at Atlantic City. Okay. Didn't need that text. TMI, mom. That's funny. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah, that was... It's so do you use it now that you don't use it? I, I don't... I try to disable it. I don't use Siri. I don't use any of the voice, the voice stuff because I don't trust it. I use Siri to turn on music in my house. That's about it. Um, but I don't use the talk to text anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I've used it in my car, and I, I'm I'm never sure what's coming out on the other end because my car now defaults to that. <laughs> if someone texts me and it pings, and then I see the little, uh, there's like a little globe that comes up, and it prompts you to start talking. So I've done it a few times, but... I just, I don't know. It it makes me crazy. It's way too easy to make a mistake. Karen, thank you. I'm glad exactly. you cleared it up with your son. You take Thanks. care. All right, everybody else hang in there. Have you ever sent an inappropriate text to someone because your phone decided that it knew better what you were really trying to say? 1-800-283-101.5. 845, fast traffic, instant weather, next arrow. It's 8.52 on New Jersey 101.5. I want to thank Beth Parks Casino and Sportsbook Gap for sponsoring New Jersey Chime Time every morning, every hour on the show. So um, your phone betrays you. I was talking to our board up, Kathy, and she's like, her default autocorrect is uh, the word just becomes the word Judy. So it's like, Judy, to tell you... Producer Kristen is now behind the glass or in front of the glass. I'm just in the studio. Is this behind or is that out? I don't know. Technically, you're behind I'm the behind the glass. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, the autocorrect thing says, Judy wanted to let you know. Right. Her phone goes from Judy to just or just, just to, to Judy. Judy. Oh. Right. Oh, that's so awkward. Said, hey, I just Mine, want to let you know. People are oh. texting me. Uh, I'm getting a lot of billies. Billy. Yeah, I'm getting yeah. a lot of that. And I'm, yeah. and I'm like, hmm. Is that autocorrect or are they trying to be <laughs> condescending? I, in my world, you're never really sure. Does yeah. your phone do it? Does it drive you crazy? Can I stop? How do I solve it? I There is a way. You're supposed to go into settings, and if you type in a certain word, <laughs> there's a way to do it. I had to fight with Jody's phone. No. I mean, between the two of us, looking at this, we're like, oh, it wasn't ringing. Oh. 
That's it a was an odd thing, yeah. yeah. And and uh, it was, I, I don't know how I did it, though. I sat there for five minutes scrolling through settings, just hitting things. This is after the fight you had with the phone company. This was this after the fight new, I had with the phone company. Although, phone. although this big company right. um, that has three letters in their name, let's just call them AT&T. Okay, um, air quotes. Yeah, yeah, air quote AT&T. I think that's what they're called. Anyway, they, they're trying to make good on the fact that my phone was out for eight hours. We're getting five dollars oh, credited good to for our you. five dollars. Can you imagine? What Seriously, are you gonna spend it. What are you gonna do? I don't know. Where? Sh how should I spend the five dollars from AT and T? Oh man! Right? Hmm. Powerball, maybe. You know that's interesting. If yeah, I spend lottery. it on Powerball, and let's say I win. Oh. Right. Right. Then. Then what? Uh, I don't know. I remember uh, there was a there was a uh, there was a story George Bush. The dad, George yes. Herbert Walker Bush. <laughs> the dad. The Thank dad. you. Okay. Yeah, just so you're clear. Right, okay. Um, he gave a speech by at some startup company. They didn't have the cash to pay him. Okay. They paid him in stocks. Oh. Oh, boy. The thing took off. Yeah, I'm sure it did. And it was like, oh, it was like <laughs> worth, I don't know, millions of dollars. That that one right. speech he gave. It, I think it actually still is today the most expensive speech premium ever paid because they paid him in stock. Right. So if, if I buy a lottery ticket with my $5... Well, what do I get for that? Do I get two Powerballs and then one, I don't like a scratch-off? Are they still a dollar? They're a dollar, right? I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't do the Is lottery. the Powerball up? It's up at like I, 600. Yeah, that's what. That's what, That's why I'm saying it. All it's right. five bucks. So AT&T, I'm going to reserve judgment until I buy my Powerball ticket. And if I win... They get nothing. They get nothing. No, if they win... Look, if I win $300, $600 million, I, I don't need a phone anymore. I'm done. That's true. <laughs> yeah, so Bye, so they, they will win, but I'm checking out, and I'm canceling it. That's it. All right. Um, what the hell was I talking about? Let's... Uh, oh, I know. The autocorrect. Yes. Is your phone doing things that have embarrassed you when you're texting work, et cetera? Or have you ever hit it too fast, and even though you were trying to reply to your wife or girlfriend or significant other... You ended up texting back the boss. 1-800-283-101.5 is the number. 855 is the time. Eric Scott with your news in just four minutes. Nine oh nine on New Jersey 101.5. Good morning. I am Bill Spadia with you till 10 o'clock this morning. Talking Jersey. Taking your calls. 1-800-283-101.5. So, Eric, I'm try I've been trying all morning to resist talking about this budget. But yeah. I looked at your article. All right. I, I want to say, say it ain't so. The, right. the budget has gone up 56% since the last year of Chris Christie. And there's no, it, correct me if I'm wrong, we're going to give the governor the benefit of the doubt. Was there any discussion, because I, I was on the road yesterday, four events, no time to hear his speech. Uh, and I like to ignore the social media chatter because the people that love the governor say, this was great. People yeah. that hate the governor yeah. say, he's a horror show. Yeah. Um, I already know where I stand on this governor's policies, but was there any discussion about the return on investment? So, for example, I used Newark schools as an example in one of my presentations last night. And I said, look, for what it's worth, you're spending a billion one into the Newark school systems. Mm -hmm. It's one of the most expensive public school systems maybe in the country, in the country uh, yeah. you know, right? And I believe the last stat we read were four out of five kids can't read at grade level. Something like nine out of ten are not doing math at grade level. I mean, it was just abysmal numbers. The budget is going to spend more money. Was there any conversation about getting some result or was it just 
dollars. Well, it's but that's the been the problem if you want to talk about the school funding. That has been the problem for decades in New Jersey is that, you know, if you see an underperforming school, you throw money at it. Right. Um, the problem is you go back and look at the history of the Newark school systems, uh, which has been consistently one of the, if not the highest funded districts in the state with the highest expense per pupil. Um, yeah, it was as high as like 38000 one year. It, it was ridiculous. The, and then, you, I mean, yeah. but you've had scandal after scandal with the Newark School Board where, you know, the money that is is not reaching the classroom. It's going for, you know, uh, junkets and new cars for school board members and, you know, $300 lobster dinners. And, you know, it. so you most educational experts will tell you that unless you can create a safe sound productive learning environment that you are not going to have um, a positive result there are socioeconomic issues within some of our urban districts that have never been addressed that the school funding formula doesn't address um and you know therefore you're seeing the result that you see that money is not always the solution but to answer your question no there was no discussion about that um, there was no discussion in any reduction of spending unless you wanted to look at, you know, even a couple of feel-good programs. Like, it, it did it amount to much that you gave people free entry into state parks? Probably not. But why would you take that out of the budget? Because it was one of the few feel-good things that you had in there. Well, it, it, right. You're saying to take that out, and now, and, and what does that cost you? You don't. You didn't lower your spending by that amount. Right, you did The not. parks still need, so now instead of it being a user fee, it's got to come from the general fund. Well, and, and didn't he announce seventy million dollars in new spending for the parks, or in total spending for the parks? Yeah, uh, you know, and it's and what's interesting is that you'll see one of my one of my top quotes in my article was uh, something that Murphy said in twenty twenty three when he was being pressed on tax hikes. Uh, these are his exact words: "It's kind of crazy to raise taxes to deliver tax relief." <laughs> And that's exactly what this budget does. I mean, you know, there's there's tax and fee increases. Um, you know, you have a teacher shortage in New Jersey, but you want to raise the certification fee to get teachers certified. Right. Um, you expected that he would do things like raise the permit fee on guns. Right, because that's um, an ideological thing with him. It's, right. not, it's not a budget buster either way. But you can it's debate. It's annoying. And, I, and look, I'll leave that to you and, and your, your colleagues to debate the policy of the budget. What I tried to look at this morning was just the numbers. You have a budget where you are spending $6 billion more than you're taking in. Now, you're thumping your chest saying, hey, wasn't it great that we borrowed those billions of dollars during the pandemic so I could continue my spending spree? Right. Well, eventually that money runs out. You had an $8 billion surplus. You're going to draw $6 billion off of that. Yeah, that leaves $2 billion, But what happens next year? Your average increase in the Murphy administration has been 9% a year. 9% a year. It was less than 9% in all eight years of Chris Christie. Just it's higher than history. Biden inflation. It, it's, well, but I mean, it's, it's, it, that is it. Imagine, do your household budget that way. Right. Go four years and increase by 9% each year and tell me if you'll be able to afford your bills on the same salary in the fourth year. Well, and then you won't you, be. You borrow money. You know, we've talked about debt service in the past. There is a staggering amount of the state budget that is paid to debt service. So people will say, what is debt service? Well, think of it as the high interest rates on your maxed out credit cards. You keep, you know, if you, you don't have enough money to live, so you take out another credit card and you max that out. 
Well, if you're making your minimum payment on that credit card every month, eventually you have so many credit cards and so many interest charges that your entire household budget is taken up just on paying the debt service on those credit cards. And you haven't paid your mortgage, your car payment, your insurance, who's paying that food. So what is the number now? It's about uh, half of the budget. How much of the budget is debt service now? Now, under Christie, it was approaching 40%, if I remember. Yeah, I mean, in the... He predicted it would be half at some point around this year. And we're not quite there yet, but we're getting there. But is that because they've upped the budget so much? Well, as a percentage of the budget, yes. So, you know, the number number actually is much higher. I mean, think about if you had this level of debt service... And Chris Christie's last budget, which was $34.75 billion, you'd be at 60% of the budget. Right. So it's, a, um, so it's that much. It's about $20 billion in debt service on, on money we've already spent. And, right. And ah, I, you can refinance some of it and you can do, but there was nothing in this budget or in the other budgets that is designed to pay down that debt. So what do they tell you when you're deep in credit card debt? Stop using the credit card right. and pay it off. Yes. New Jersey doesn't do that. Government nope. doesn't do that. They just go get another credit card. Open a new account. Yeah, it's 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 frightening because of the burden on average taxpayers. And, and that's what I keep trying to let people know, that if the number continues to go up, your share of that number will continue to go up. That's part of the problem. Yeah, and then the argument, so you look at the huge tax hike on business. So it's on businesses that that have, you know, high profits. Okay. The argument that Murphy will make and Democrats will make is that it doesn't impact the average family. Well, it does, depending on what that business is and what they make, and that cost then gets passed on to the consumer. In New Jersey... Well, and if you work for one of those businesses... And if you work for one of those businesses... decides to move to Pennsylvania or, or further. You know, it's... And we've and I've said this for years, that in New Jersey, it is death by a thousand cuts. Um, and it's the same reason that you don't have clocks or sunlight in casinos <laughs> and that you play with chips and not yeah. real money because you don't notice your money slowly slipping away. So whether it's a few cents more on a gallon of gas, whether it's more to ride the turnpike and parkway, whether it's more in New Jersey transit fares, whether it's money to go into a state park now or more to register to become a certified teacher, all of those little things add up and at the end of the year you're talking about not hundreds but potentially thousands of dollars yeah. of household income that has just been slowly siphoned away because of the high cost of living in new yeah. jersey so frustrating all right i'll uh, i'll have a couple of points on that on the education point on the other side of the traffic and weather but i want to ask you uh, are you is your kid in a public school right now are you frustrated with the way we fund our schools? And have you tried to get your son or daughter into a charter school or private school? 1-800-283-101.5-917. Fast traffic and sit with the next. Nine twenty three on New Jersey one hundred one point five. Good morning. I am Bill Spadia with you till ten o'clock this morning. Talking Jersey, taking your calls one eight hundred two eight three one zero one point five. So yeah, our state's out of control. We know that. Um, we uh, we're going to get it back, guys. We're going to get it back, and um, I think that one of the things that we've got to do as New Jerseyans is start to talk about the issues that are really impacting us. Transit really impacts us. You're 
waiting for that train that's delayed, the disgusting nature of some of our train stops and the bathrooms that are unusable. Those are real issues. And we just kind of look past it like, eh, the uh, the potholes you have to avoid, like you're riding through Beirut in some of our New Jersey towns. Real issue, the bridges that are in total disrepair, the cost of eggs, the cost of um, uh, your, your tolls, the cost of the fees, all of these things. And when government, I had a question the other day, and I'm doing a, by the way, I'll be in Normandy Beach um, Thursday doing a tax forum during our listening tour and talking about things like Stay NJ. And there are a couple groups of seniors that wanted to talk about keeping Stay NJ because it's going to be a half, a 50% tax rebate for anyone over 65 years old in your real estate taxes. And it sounds great until you realize it's a $2 billion cost. Now, if we follow along with this budget that just happened, there will not be money for that come January 2026 when the new governor takes office. So there's a very likelihood that it will have to be vetoed. Now, the challenge is it's a gimmick because even if it's not vetoed and a few seniors get tax relief, well, the budget doesn't get lowered. So if you're paying $10,000 now and we're going to give you $5,000 back, the town still collects 10. Five comes from the state. So now state allocation, think about this for a minute. Walk with me through this. The state allocation of funding for our communities, which essentially seven out of $10 is school money. So state education funding will essentially be allocated at a higher level to areas with the most seniors. Think about that for a minute. $33 billion collected in real estate taxes. 69% of that goes to your schools. The Stay NJ program says that a senior 65 and older under a certain income threshold can get up to $6,000 back on their taxes. Okay, that's fantastic. Where's the money come from? Comes from the state coffers. Well, if I'm paying for all these seniors to have a half back rebate up to $6,000, I'm taking money that is replenishing lost revenue for for real estate taxes, which means lost revenue for school funding. So theoretically, you are looking at a situation where a lot of the money coming from the state is going to go into towns that have the most seniors, knowing full well that that's going to deprive the younger towns with more school kids of critical funds. It is a such a bad plan that the idea that more Republicans, I got to tell you, the Republicans who campaigned on that and lost, I'm not surprised that you lost. We have to move away from gimmicks and we have to actually change the way we fund our schools. We need education savings accounts. We need true school choice. We need, we've got 4,000 kids in Newark that are on a waiting list to a charter school out of 50,000 kids going to the public schools in, in Newark. 10% of them are trying to get into a charter school, can't do it because they're on a waiting list. We have a crisis in our education system, and we need to fix it. And I know our teachers are at work now, but um, tomorrow I want to talk to you about teachers and and how they're getting the short end of the stick. I'll cover that probably. I'm going to think about the 7 o'clock hour. Um, but if you are a teacher and you are listening, I'd love to talk to you about what you think we ought to do to fix education. 1-800-283-101.5 is my number, 928. It's the time. Eric Scott with the News Network. 
9.38 on New Jersey 101.5. Good morning. I am Bill Spady. I want to thank Parks Casino and Sportsbook for sponsoring New Jersey Chime Time every morning, every hour on the show. So, uh, Jill, are you uh, having Hi. the same problem that we are all having? Or well, I don't know, Eric, if I can speak for you all. I'll say that I'm having. Oh, boy. That my phone kind of takes over on texting and it says things for me that I don't mean. And lately, I don't know, with the last software update, what is going, what the duck is what? going on? Right? Ah, as Eric had pointed out, if it says duck, it does not mean duck. It's never duck. It's never duck. duck. I love it's... duck, though. I love a slow oh, see, roasted, yeah. like a, like a right, duck confit. Oh. Look, a squirrel. There's a place in Vermont we mm. go to, they have, it's of called Richardson's Tavern. Is. They do this duck confit with a blueberry, I don't know what he called it, a compote. What is it? It's like a reduction. So this is the part where Eric's pretending to listen. He'll, he'll chime in with something. A reduction on the duck. Eric will know what you're talking about. You must know, know it. You know it, right? Like, yeah, it's a ducking reduction. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another ducking morning. So, no, but, uh, but yeah, it is lately. true. It, it's the it. Mine is it turns on the voice to text. So it's oh. happened several times on the air where I'm I'm like all of a sudden my text is open and I've got two minutes of content on somebody's text thread. Yes, and I'm scared now because stuff that you say about other people, <laughs> like, it could come out on a text, you know? Easily. Totally. I'm, as now, I'm the good news is right for me, now. I'm usually saying it on the air, so right. I'm pretty much an open book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but, but the danger is that you close one, you go to the other. I've replied to the wrong person. Oh, absolutely. I have done that. So it, mm -hmm. I've done that in the car. Oh. So when my phone is connected to the car, I'll get a text message, and it won't let me read it. You're not allowed to read it while you're driving. Well, um, so my le car, legally speaking, yes. Okay, let's run with that. Yes. Yes. Well, um, no, my car literally will prevent me. I cannot really? open it up on the on the center console. So, oh the, no, I guess you're right. If it's connected to the car, the right. CarPlay won't yeah. do it. Right, but CarPlay, it will yeah. read the text yeah. to me. And sometimes I'll get a text, and I'm like, "Oh, that's from whoever," and I respond, and yep. I respond. If the text didn't come from who I thought it came from. And yep. I sent a response that shouldn't have gone to that person. Right, and it's embarrassing. Yeah. And sometimes it's not what you want that other person to hear. No, right. that's exactly <laughs> it. So I, I'm just, I don't know. Do you think it's a new update? Is that what it is? And by the way, it is a blueberry so. compote. You typically done for sweet stuff, like cheesecake. But you can make it <laughs> for duck, and it's one of the best things I've ever had in my life. Huh. Okay. I kind of like that. I kind of like that idea. Right? I do like duck. I, it's, oh, God, but it has duck. to be done... Properly, and it's hard to find a restaurant that does it. Well, properly. you remember um, when we caused the lockdowns in the pandemic, when mm -hmm. we caused the world to shut down because mm -hmm. I forgot to buy the calendar yep. from the That's Asian right. market. The remember Asian that? Market. What was that? 2019. Yeah. And I like, I, and then I know what happened was I forgot to buy it. So he gave me the old Asian guy that runs mm -hmm. this market in the middle of Providence somewhere right. gave my mother in law. His calendar. Oh wow! Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and then it it hung there. Yep. I, I yeah. think that was the that was 2019. That was the yep. start of the yep. fall. Yep. But right back to duck. That's where I used to buy the duck, and oh. they would they would slaughter the ducks and then hang the ducks, mm -hmm. and then they would chop it up in front of you. It was amazing. Yeah. I mean, this roasted duck was one of the best things I've ever had. You ha mm -hmm. and you have to know where the duck is coming from too. Duck, goose, all of that stuff, because you can't... Like, I, there are some people I know that like to eat Canada 
geese. Really? Yeah. Oh. I would think that with their diet, it would be disgusting. They're terrible. They're awful. Oh, it's disgusting. They're bottom feeders. So, oh, I mean, it's... Yeah. The, the... Speaking of ducks, see, I knew I'd do the whole show on duck at some point. <laughs> at some point, there'd be a show on duck. What happens if you hit one of those stupid Canada geese crossing the road? Oh. I, it's It blocked up traffic. Two stupid ducks yeah. stopped traffic mm. on Route 1 yesterday. I was so annoyed. And I'm like, can I go around them? And I thought, you know what? I'm not going to do anything. And people are beeping behind me. I just stopped. I'm like, nope. Let so there go. used to be a differential that if, that if let's, I forget how it went now, that if they were migratory Canada geese, it was okay to hunt them. Uh-huh. But if they were resident Canada geese, you could not. How, how could you are tell? you supposed exactly. to check under the wing? That like, was, right? you turn them so over? If they, <laughs> turn them upside down? <laughs> Show me your New Jersey driver's license. Wearing a camera around yeah. their neck, you know? Yeah. Is there a certain thing, like a ring? or I don't, a, I don't think so. But uh, it, that was, like, if you if you found them just lounging around in a park somewhere or on a golf course, yeah. you couldn't shoot them. But if they were flying overhead, going somewhere, oh. then a, I guess you could. But what about... When the duck decides to cross the road, what can I do? Why, why did the duck cross <laughs> the road? Right, so what, what do I do then? Like, I didn't Take run them over. Orange. But, but oh, I thought about it. It was yeah. an accident, though. It would have been well, considered yeah. an accident. Yeah. But there was, I do know, people have been prosecuted for deliberately running it, them over. For sure. We've That's had why things. I'm, wor- yeah. I, I'm like, what if I hit one of these things? Yeah. I, mm-hmm. Everybody's got a camera. I mean, I, I, mean, I was not going to run them over on purpose, but I was thinking if they had come out, like the guy ahead of them just missed them. I'm like, now, if there was a flutter of, of, of feathers yeah. and everything else, is that guy in trouble? But they've gotten as bad as the deer because they don't move for you no, anymore. No, they just take their the, time. The ducks have a a level of duck confidence that I've never seen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, you had the run-in with the dog two years ago, didn't you? I chased the dog. You cha- that's right. I was trying to help the dog. <laughs> and you chased And I, I, there's a video of that. Yeah. I followed the dog for, I don't know, I think four or five miles down the road, the dog was running in the middle of the street. Yeah. By the time we ended, I got stuck. I had to get into four-wheel low to get out of a ditch. I chased the dog down. Turns out, when I when we cornered the dog at someone's house, mm-hmm. we called the cops. Ewing police showed up. They're like, oh, yeah, that dog's out all the time. <laughs> After two hours yeah. of my time. Yeah. Well. Because I wasn't going to, I had called Jody on the way home, and I'm like, I'm going to be late. There's a stray dog in the middle of the road, but he's got a collar, so obviously it's somebody's dog. I'm going to yeah. follow him. Like, what am I going to do? But I'm following well, along. that video footage. The, remember you saw it? Dogs case, running. Yeah, the yeah. cops all knew the dog. They're like, yeah, yeah, and he's fine. He stays out all night sometimes. Well, you got to keep that footage to, yeah. in case you get in I trouble with peace. I think the dog peace. misinterpreted your actions. <laughs> The dog may have been running from me. As yes, you, the dog may have misinterpreted your intentions. It, it is possible, but I, I was actually there to help. You know, we're going to alert that. We're going to send that out. Um, I don't know. That was a few years ago, but it's, it's a great it's video. It's a great yeah, video. But great save video. it for evidence that you do like animals on the road. Thank so you. you ah, that's for my, the, for my yeah, uh, trial to back up my moral character right. that I do right. actually like animals. I got you. All right, 945, fast traffic, instant weather next. Zero. 951 on New Jersey 101.5. I am Bill Spadia. Um, I was just reminded by producer Kristen that the time when I forgot the calendar, this was 2018. Yes. You were in Rhode Island. I was. And picked up the calendar for the Chinese New Year or whatever, right? Was I it? did, and I will never do that again. Well, no, because then it all, it unraveled after that. Yeah. Because in 2019, I forgot. Mm-hmm. Again, and you're right. like, I'm not going this year. <laughs> so my mother-in-law went. It was this, this, this 
Asian market way out of the way of everything, like That's in an right. industrial area. You remember, yeah. like almost a little bit sketchy. Like That's you're like, what, what am I doing here? <laughs> But you went in. I did, yes. And, and nobody speaks English. Correct. But there's ducks hanging. Right. And was, how did you get the calendar from him? Well, I, actually, we were early. And I told him, I, I explained the whole thing. I was like, I'm from New Jersey. He's like, well, we don't have him out yet. And I'm like, yeah, but you see, I kind of need, I'm not coming back. I kind of right. need the calendar. And it took some convincing, but he gave but it. But he gave it to you. He did, yes. But then the next year, he gave us the one out of his own car. That's why That's the world so fell nice. apart. No, but that was it. We jinxed it. Oh. He, apparently, there was some universal connection between the calendar and the guy that runs the Asian market. So it's your fault. I'm starting to think that. Interesting. Yeah, I'm okay. starting to think that. That was a, that was a disastrous moment. We hung it here. It was it was it hung behind like Chris Christie's head when he yes. was when he was beating me up on the air, attacking me, calling me the idiot in the morning. The, the Asian that, calendar was hanging. Yeah, that was the time you called me the idiot That's in the right, morning. I remember that. But the but the stupid calendar was hanging behind. I mm-hmm. love that calendar. It hung in our house for years, and it was a reminder of the delicious duck that that guy cut. I I don't know how they roasted it, what they were doing. That duck was the best I've ever had. I'm sure it was, but seeing it hanging and then wanting to eat it, I, I hard pass. Yeah. You know, we should do uh, we should do a show on that on duck. Well, I I think I've just did in the last hour, but I, I think no, I, I mean the the um no things that you look at mm-hmm. and you're like that's disgusting yeah and then you eat it and you're like that's the best thing I ever had right well that's a lot of people that eat meat are like that like if they saw how it's actually made yeah they would probably never eat it again but the duck it hangs it's headless yes. they've already cut the head off Correct. it's hanging by the feet you yep. saw, and they I think they roast it whole. And then it hangs. Then they cut up the roasted duck. But we would roast it again. There was a, my, my mother-in-law would, would carve out some of the excess fat. Okay. Re-roast it. I, I would be full on that. Like, that was the appetizer for I don't know how many Thanksgivings, oh, Christmases. I was going to ask you what you would yeah. do with that. Yeah, I've she would cut it into duck, little pieces. So I, don't, I don't know. <sighs> I, no, I'm, no. I, I'm not. I don't know. I, you know, that's a question that if someone can help me out in the app chat. Is there an Asian market in central Jersey that I can get good roast duck? I'm sure. There Gotta is. be. There is an Asian market in, I want to say, Piscataway, okay. I believe, right off of 287. Yeah. I, I don't know if they sell. I'm sure they do. There's a whole. Right. Because you know, the fish, I'm a little and, grossed out by. Right. When you go and the fish are live yeah. and they scoop the live fish and they like that's a lot for me. Yeah. But the duck. Whew. Oh, you're on your own. Yeah. I know. Look, Sorry. look at this blueberry compote that I like. They put they serve. There's a place in Vermont that they serve the blueberry with the duck. It's one of the best things ever. Anyway, all right. So uh, tomorrow. I want to. What did I say? I want to talk to teachers tomorrow, yes. seven o'clock, yes. um, about what you would do to fix the situation happening in our schools right now. Um, if you feel empowered by state government, or if you feel like you could only complain if it was anonymous, because there might be retribution. So I want to talk to you if you're a teacher. Um, education funding is one of the most important things that we got to fix. And for me, I'm sick and tired of all my teacher friends saying. Hey, I got to go into my own pocket and spend a couple hundred dollars a year to buy school supplies. It's not right. We got to do right by our teachers. I'll do that after the seven o'clock news tomorrow. Plus, uh, don't forget Friday at eight thirty. Very special Blue Friday this week, guys. Have a great rest of your day. Uh, the website's nj1015.com slash Bill Spadia. Follow me on all my social media at Bill Spadia. See you tomorrow at six.
Thanks for listening to the Bill Spadia Show on demand. Don't forget to check out the latest online from Bill Spadia on our free app or nj1015.com. New Jersey 101.5.